Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Material world, and I am a material girl. You know that we are living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Did you get it? <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Let's get it going. Here we go. Hey, y'all. This is April, and it's Caroline, and it's Thursday, and we're back. And I'm thirsty, but April's on her day four of sobriety. Give her a pen, a chip, and a, a tattoo. tattoo. She needs all the things. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <gasps> oh my five? gosh, who are you? You have liver? Do you have a liver issue or like what? I am actually just trying to give it a break. But if I had a cup, I would pour me a drink. Absolutely. So instead, I'll just drink my water and maybe during the break, I'll get me a cup. I think that's a good idea. Um, We'll just see how this goes. I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't either. I mean, it's my hands if I'm not drinking. This is happy at all. Yeah, it's not fun at all. And then I have like vodka and whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) She's always prepared. So she's got some crown apple on the table. Vodka in her cup. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm living my best life right now, April. I'm just kind of like a nomad. <laughs> Are you a nomad? I How don't know. About? Listen, I have issues. My tooth fell out again last week. <laughs> it's a good way to get a man. <laughs> you know, I've realized why I'm single. <laughs> because I thought it was... You're driving a, around a Vinza. Th- what, what's, what kind of car is that? It's Your my venue. Car? I'm in a rental. It's a venue. Y'all. Let me tell you. <laughs> you ever watch the Flintstones? <laughs> with the little She's head sticking Dino, out the top. The dinosaur. Had a little with the feet. <laughs> this car, because it's so little. Jesus, it's like a station take the wagon. Wheel, I'm telling you. And so then I was chewing a cracker and my tooth cracked. And I was like, well, it's the same tooth that was broken six months ago. So let's go fix it. And then they call me after we fixed it, and they're like, oh, actually, this is a whole different tooth. This tooth is 10 years old. Are teeth under warranty? I don't know. I guess it was another cap. (laughs) I'm capping. My teeth are capping on me. But you're about to have the come up when you may be rolling up like OJ next week. I roll up in a red and black Bronco. If you see that red and black Bronco driving old school, through. Old school Bronco, right? Old school Bronco. Yeah. If you see that coming through, you know it's, it's me. It's, it's Carolina. Yep. I'm going to represent it. I'm going to do it. 
I I'm gonna take a selfie with we're it. We're gonna go for a ride in it. Oh, for sure. Downtown. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. So y'all just tuned in to when we're recording this, y'all just tuned into part two of OJ. Um, since then I've been watching the 90 for 90, like you said, it's not a 30 oh. for 30, the oh, Made yeah. in America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, slowly, slowly watching it. But it's so crazy that like I don't pay attention to the stories when they happen. But now that I am paying attention to it, I'm obsessed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just how it is. Yeah. We just we get obsessed story by story till we, the next one come along comes along. Yeah. 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 So we hope y'all enjoy that episode. <sighs> I got an easy one for him now, but do you have you got oh, some news? Okay. So there's this there's this couple who okay, so this guy was on his honeymoon with his wife and all of a sudden she's murdered. Okay. Wow. So they they go, they, they meet in whatever month. They get married in February. Mm-hmm. He's 38, she's 36. Okay. Um, they wait like six months to take their honeymoon. So they go in July. They go to Fiji. Oh. So apparently they had to save up, I guess, because they went to this like exclusive resort, private island. Like there's only 14 <sighs> couples that are allowed at a time. Nice. Okay. He had to wait for the insurance to kick in. Bruh, listen. <laughs> About three to four days after they been, have been there for three to four days, they the hotel finds her body in their hotel room. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you. They find her body bludgeoned. She's beaten. She has a blunt force trauma to the head. Okay. And they start looking for the husband because they're like, well, where is he? What's, what's going on? Where is he? I'm going to have to get your FBI opinion on this too. Okay. So they are like, well, obviously it can't be many people because there's only 14 other couples on this island. And then there's you. So where are you, husband? Where are you? Well, they find the husband about 36 hours later and he's done kayaks to the next island. (laughs) So he's, he comes up, he's like bloody and bruised, but he's bloody and bruised April from the, the coral reef. Oh, you know, from all the because they do attack you, don't they? From all the, you know, the uh, the elements and all the kayaking. So then we find (laughs) out that their situation is this whirlwind of a romance. He loved Bomber, and that yeah, and that the wife is of Asian descent, and she was a pastry chef, and she was in school to become a pharmacist, and he did charity work for a nonprofit and he was the um IT specialist. Did the mm. did the nonprofit really exist? Youth Village is what it was called. Okay. But apparently he's also been suspended from that. But I don't know if obviously now he is, but probably prior. So this marriage was apparently like very sudden to where like her friends had not met him until the day of the wedding. Uh. You think he ordered her? Probably. Okay. And then fast forward to where we are now. Like they, the family had to cremate her because her body was so damaged. They couldn't bring her back. Wow. So the husband is currently in jail in Fiji. Well, and it probably costs a ton of money to get them what you, you either pay for a plane, you pay for a boat. So he has, he's in jail without bond. He has a 
hearing in August. And so as part of FBI, I know you're part of the FBI. Yes. I need to know what I have my, I have my, do you want me to tell you my thought first or you want to tell us? We probably have the same thought. No, I think mine's a little different. Okay. Do you mean to go first? Yeah. Okay. I think maybe the wife was like real flirty with like waiters and like maybe the bartenders. And so he was like, I'm not putting up with this. I'm real mad. And so he was like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to go, I'm going to go away and I just have to go get in this kayak. So we found this kayak and he's like, I'm just, I'm just rage paddling. So he's like, he's pissed. He's like seeing red. He's just paddling. And then the next thing you know, he's like, oh my gosh, the island that I'm supposed to be staying at is, and I'm paying for a room there. It's too far away. I'm just going to go to this island that's right there. It's, 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 I'm already so close to this island. (laughs) So then he gets there and he's like, um, meets these like indigenous people on this island. And he's like, well, I was just rage paddling. And so I, I need to tell you that like, I just, I, I'm on that island, but I came here because I was so mad, but now I need to go back. So can you help me get back? And they're like, well, why are you so bloody? He's like, well, obviously it's from the coral reef. And then they call the authorities and then they start questioning him. They're like, your wife is dead. And he's like, what? Why is my wife dead? These aren't fingernail. These aren't scratches from uh-huh. fingernails on Not my hands. I was trying to get my steps, except I got my like paddles, paddles instead <laughs> of my my strokes. Your he strokes. got his strokes instead of his steps, and so that's basically what happened. Like it, he did, it was an accident. He didn't know anything about it. Mm. Okay. So did they? So then, uh, for that story, they would need to isolate everybody on the island until they figured it out, like Clue. Yeah. Nobody can leave the room until so nobody can leave the island until they figure out. Who you know, the killer was. like why would he want her dead? She obviously makes amazing pastries, <laughs> and she could get him a Z pack. So I mean, what? <laughs> now tell us your that theory. That is so wife. Um, I would just think he. Well, does she have money? Why love bomber I and whirlwinder unless you're going to get a insurance, insurance policy? policy. And you have to, it has to be in place for a little bit of time before it's valid. I don't know that amount of time. Insurance seller people should tell us. But how much is, okay, also, how can he pay for this exclusive Fiji vacation when he works for a nonprofit? On his grandpa's credit card, like Dirty Chad? Oh. Okay, you're right. See, he already fooled you. And the fact that he wanted it that exclusive, I mean, it is pretty cool, but she ended up murdered, so you wanted it exclusive for a reason. But, like, did he but go he there? But he should have a better plan. Like, did he go there in order to murder her? Like, or, you know? Like, was that his plan? By I, the way... It was a bad plan, if so, because that's a rage killing if she's that bad. Well, he I know he was rage paddling <laughs> on that kayak. He was getting his strokes in. And and he's probably going to get away with it if there's no body to exhume later on to pull DNA. They already cremated it. Yes. Why did they cremate it so fast? I'm telling you, that. it's because you got to think about it. How are they going to get it, the body from Fiji back to wherever they live? You have to pay for that. Yeah, but you need to keep it as a body so you can do the DNA and all that stuff. What if they didn't have a money and money to pay for it? So they say you can either 
pay to have the body transported by boat or by plane, which I have a friend that lost somebody in, in Dallas, but they lived in New Mexico, and it was almost $10,000 just to get the person to New Mexico. So imagine how much it would be to get them back to the States. Or... The insurance payment doesn't pay for that? Or you can... It ain't gonna go to them. Or you can cremate them for this much money. And so they probably said, let's cremate her. I just want her home. <gasps> they lost all the evidence. And then what... Or did, are there Fiji police on this little bitty island? Indigenous people. And by the way, that cyclist, remember that Caitlin Armstrong, that cyclist chick who murdered that one chick and then uh, yeah. went to the where did she go? yoga studio. Yeah, went to a yoga studio, which is not Costa obvious. Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica. Well, she pled not guilty. Oh, she was just on an extended vacation. <laughs> she just had a nose job and colored her hair and cut it all off and it's used her sister's passport as her own, own ID for no reason. Coincidence. Yeah. Okay. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting ideas in case I want to murder somebody. Yes, you do. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That was good. Okay, so I, <sighs> I have to tell you about our story about our shirts. I got a, li I got a text from a listener, and she was like, um, so my boo was like, I can't order this shirt because it says DTF on the back. And I was like, well, boo, boo needs to know what it is stands for yeah and i was like but oh he's so cute because she actually basically walks around with the strap on like she she runs oh, yeah. the shit she christina and, aguilera because christina aguilera performs with her strap on does she well she did for pride month it's real classy <laughs> pride month she had like a giant green or purple dildo mm. as she's like performing it was very offensive oh youtube it it was very offensive i guess well, she's, this person's just a badass. And so, obviously, if you know her, she's going to do the opposite of what <laughs> this guy tells her to do. Yes. So she was like, basically, I ordered it. So anyway, he said, her boo said, it says DTF on the back. And because it says bloody happy hour on the front, that is sending signals that you are DTF on your period <laughs> where did i come up with this i was like i need to have him on the show oh for sure <laughs> i know i never in my life would have come up with it but i think about it every time i put it on now <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> bloody happy hour oh, no. on the front dtf on the back Means that's a whole the best new meaning it's a whole new story meaning. ever wow are you ready for this one I'm ready. And, you know, for all you skippers or anybody who needs to skip, you can start listening now. Right now. Right now. Lacey. I don't wanna, yeah, Lacey. <laughs> she texts me. She's like, you can't believe you read my text message. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So this is a story that was suggested to me by an Oklahoma listener. Oh. I, I think she lives in Texas now, but she's from Oklahoma. So you don't know who she, you don't know her? You just knew her from her being uh, a listener? So I asked for um, um, suggestions, suggestions, and this was one of it, one of the suggestions. So I'm taking you to Welch, Oklahoma. Oh, Welch. And this is a story about two girls 
Name Laura Bible and Ashley Freeman. Have you heard of it? No. Do I need to take notes? No. Okay. I'll recap for you. Oh, thanks. Do you remember Y2K? Oh, yeah. Year 2000? Yes. Okay. So I'm taking to you. When the world was supposed to end? When it, yeah. What were you doing at that time? Um... 2000, 2000. I was being a sophomore, I think. Okay. Or a freshman? No, I would have been a freshman. Oh, in high school, I was probably like a freshman. Oh my gosh. In college. I was, yeah, I was probably doing. Oh no, 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 it was my senior year. It was my senior year. Okay, so let me tell you, the Freeman family actually did not get to experience Y2K because in December of 1999, it was a couple days after Christmas. Um. And Laura Bible, these are high schooler girls, okay? She loved Christmas. It was her job every year to set up the Christmas tree. She had to have it perfect, like Monica off of Friends. Did you watch that episode? Um, no. no. I mean, I probably did, but I don't, I'm not like a... Get out of the studio I know. now. I know. Um, and so Ashley, her friend... Um, was celebrating her first Christmas without her brother Shane. Her brother Shane had passed away earlier that year, and so it wasn't as happy for Ashley as it was for Laura. So um, after Christmas, so it was like night, it was the 29th, Laura and Ashley were wanted to spend the night with each other because they had missed each other's during Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And the 29th was Ashley's birthday. So Laura convinced her mom that she was going to go to go let her go spend the night over Ashley's house. And they were best friends. They were inseparable. Like, that's what you do, right? Yeah. So Laura's dad dropped her off at Ashley Freeman's house. And she says... No, she told her dad bye, and she drove over there. And she said, I love you. I'll be here in the morning. I know we have appointments. Blase, blase. Bye. Gone. Um, And so Ashley's mom was going to take them shopping that day in town. So Laura had her purse because she had her Christmas money in it. She was going to buy Ashley a birthday present. Like, it was just, they had their day planned. So... When she told her dad, I love you, that's the last thing her family ever heard from Laura. Because what we know is in the early morning hours of December 30th, there was a house fire at the Freeman house. But it wasn't just like grease fire, a quick little like Christmas tree caught on fire. Like it was burned down to where there wasn't like there was much left. Yes, yes. <gasps> there was not much left of the house, let alone in the house. Like just the big stuff that takes a while to burn. So first oh. responders come to the house, right? Um, and which house tr- is that? This is Freeman's, Freeman's house. house. Ashley's Freeman's, Freeman's house. Ashley Freeman's. House. And they're trying to put out the fire, and by the time they do, it's like. You know, nothing left. The Bibles, so Laura's mom find out that there's a house fire. So, of course, they're zooming over there and freaking out. Well, when she gets on property, they won't let her on property because it's a crime scene right now. You know, it's still kind of dangerous. And um, they find a body. And this body... Well, what time was the fire? It was like... 
they got the call at 6 a.m. So it happened in the wee hours of the morning. So a passerby at 6 a.m. called and said there's a house oh on gosh. fire. So like it happened in between. the smoke? Well, do oh, they? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Am I so good at guessing <laughs> what's happening? Oh, my gosh. So the, they find a body, and it's a female. And they know that it's an older female because by the hips, you can tell that she bore children. Your hips expand when you get pregnant. And then um, she had a wedding ring on. So Miss Bible was relieved that it wasn't one of the girls, right? They also found a Rottweiler. It was their dog, Sissy. It also got burned up in the fire. The but dog would know to go. Oh, we can't open the door unless you have a door flap, which my dogs would be safe. But anyway. <laughs> so just in case. <laughs> so they concluded that it was a Kathy Freeman, Ashley's mom. Nobody else was found in the rubble. They searched for hours. So they got there about six that morning. They searched all day. And this is December, and so it gets dark real early. And so about 6 o'clock that night, they searched for 12 hours, right? And it was dark by the time they were done. So they're like, okay, we're done. Bible, family, Freeman family, you can have it. Like, I, I don't know if that's normal to say, okay, go to the crime scene, or... If they're like, go salvage what you can. That makes more sense. Go salvage what you can. So the Lord, the Bible family, so Laura's mom, they're now searching through, but it's dark and they can't see. And they've been there from six o'clock to midnight. And it's like and they're smoldering just looking. like dust. There's not even like walls. Afraid. It's a trailer. Did I say that? Uh-uh. It's a trailer. So, you know, it's not, it's going to burn quicker. Oh. They're living in, it's like a, uh, mobile home trailer yeah. or whatever but it's also in a lot of land and like forest around there so they were thinking maybe the girls got scared and like ran off and so they were hoping that if they stick a- around because there's no bodies yeah. so the girls aren't burned up that they see so maybe the girls are around or they took off because they're scared or they ran away or whatever it is so they're kind of relieved that they didn't find anything they go home that night at midnight, and um, what? they can't sleep, of course. They can't eat. They're, like, devastated. They're scared. They, like, they don't know what to think. So the next morning, they agreed that as soon as first light comes, they're going to go back to the house. Because the mom, Miss Bible, she was just like, there has to be something to tell us like where the girls are. I have to go. If the girls ran away and they come back, they're going to come back to that house. I want to go to the house. So they went back to the house and within five minutes in daylight, they found another body. What? So Miss Freeman was found on the bed face down and Miss, they found another body. It was Mr. Freeman. And the police and the investigators didn't even find him? Did not find it. Now, in between the hours of 6 p.m. last night, or the night of the fire, or the, when, they, when the police left, they went home and there were tips being called in. And the tips were saying, we just saw a man that looked like Mr. Freeman driving in the car with the two girls. 
and they said Mr. Freeman has drug problems and Mr. Freeman has a temper problem. So the police were going on the facts and were making reports that Mr. Freeman killed his wife, set the fire, and took off with the girls. Oh, but now Mr. Freeman's under Mrs. Freeman? Now Mr. Freeman was under the bed that Miss Freeman was found on. They could have at least picked up. Well, the it bed. was like beside the bed, like on the floor right here beside the bed. So they looked over it. And actually, you would see like where they stepped over the boards that were over him. <laughs> so they stepped over his body multiple times, what? but did not even notice it. I can't. So they knew but it they was Mr. Freeman because he had no face. And you see the metal plate in his head. He had had an accident <gasps> at work couple years ago where he had to have a metal plate in his head and therefore he couldn't work anymore mm. all right mm. Mm. so miss bobble's like let me get the police down here what the hell did they do for 12 hours oh nothing kicked for around dirt and shit kicked around dirt so um she called the police up there and they sent one cop Just oh glad you care because so it's a trailer cop. park <laughs> Yes, thank you. So one cop saw the body, and then he radioed it in, and he goes, yes, it's true, or whatever. So then they all come back. Well, they try to kick Laura Bible and her family off Oh, well, you've already property. released it, so now you're going to kick me off, even yes. though I found the body? But Laura was okay. like, hell no. Y'all don't know what you're doing. I'm running this thing. We're going to search together, <laughs> basically. basically FBI. And so they search, and you can kind of still tell, like, this was the living room, this is the kitchen, this was the bedroom, this would have been Ashley's room. And so in Ashley's room, they found a purse. It was Laura's purse. So it was her daughter's purse. And the purse still had the $200 inside of it. It wasn't burned up? It was not burned up all the way. <laughs> And then Miss Freeman's, they get a call from the medical examiner, the police. Miss Freeman did not die from the fire. She had a gunshot wound <gasps> to the back of the head with the shotgun. So now it's not a fire. It's actually like a murder investigation. And guess how Mr. Freeman died? Gunshot wound to the head but in it wasn't suicide but oh. it was in the it was in the front it wasn't suicide no it was not suicide he was like execution style <sighs> yes 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 and they were able to recover some bullet fragments oh so but they couldn't find the body but they found the bullet fragments okay yeah so you have dead mom freeman dead daddy freeman Dead dog, Sissy Freeman, but the two girls are gone and they left the money there. Nowhere to be found. Like there's no sign of them at all. Laura's car was they still trafficked? in the front seat. Is I mean, this it was a drug the thing? Go ahead. <laughs> Laura's car was still in the driveway, like with the keys in it. So they didn't go anywhere in their car if they went anywhere. So now it's um, January 1st. Oh gosh, they're trafficked. And there is a search on and around the property. So the family is like, 
I don't trust the police. Let me grab all my friends, all my family. They had people from other states, and they're like, let's search all the area around there. And so over 100 people showed up, and they find nothing. They found nothing in the woods. They find nothing else. Well, the police didn't find anything, and the people didn't find anything. But there was a private investigator. His name is Tom Pryor. And he approached Danny Freeman's brother. His name was Dwayne. And he says, I, we are private investigators, and we want to help you. All you have to do is pay us $1. So they honestly wanted to help. You know, they were going to yeah. charge a big fee. And so he was like, we, ha- we found something. And so Dwayne was like, you're hired. Well, the investigators, now the cops had been there for days and hours and hours. Mm. These private investigators found an insurance card in the driveway at the Freeman house. But the insurance card didn't have any of their names on it. It belonged to somebody else random. So that led the, investi- the private investigators to believe somebody else's car had to been there and maybe it fell out. At some what? point, how would you even have your insurance card fall out of your car? That like right now, I got mine on my floor because I just grabbed it and I put it in my seat, and then somebody sat in the seat and then it was on the floor. So somebody getting out of my car, I could have easily. Don't even, I I always forget to print mine out. It's always <laughs> on my email. Well, and Swoopy just printed one out because he realized the ones we had in there was expired. So anyways, anyway, I can yeah. only because mine was yeah, like yeah, literally yeah. my seat yeah. and my four. Okay. I can see how that yeah, happened. That's good. That's good. So um, he asked Dwayne, he says, do you know this name on the insurance car is a woman's name? And Dwayne was like, nope, I don't recognize it. So the private investigator was badass. So he drove, he found out where this woman lived, and it's this place called Ch- Chitoa. Everything's like very Native American up there. It's hard to say. Shakota, Chicoa, I don't know what it is, Oklahoma. Chippewa. And she was, he was going to speak to the person whose name's on the card. Yeah. And she, he says, I found this card at a crime scene in Welch, Oklahoma. Do you have any idea how I'd be there? And she says, oh. no, I have no idea, but I'm not the only one who drives my car. My boyfriend, Phil Welch, also drives it too. Mm. So maybe he would know. Mm. So private investigator was like, light bulb. Let me give this information to the police. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he goes to the police department. This is going to come back later, so you have to remember this part. They go to the police department, and he goes, here is an insurance card. And I talked to the lady, and her boyfriend drives her car and was probably driving her car. It's something to look into, right? The police looked him straight in the face and, quote, unquote, said, what makes you think that card has anything to do with the investigation? So the oh, Tom okay. Pryor says, what makes you think it don't? Bruh. Right? Period. So he walked off and he took the insurance card with him because he was like, they don't give a shit. I'm no. not going to leave this piece of evidence for it to be lost. They worked what, on the what, case. What is your job? Exactly. What is your job? What, what is that not part of your job as a police officer? Let's see if it makes sense after this. Okay. 
Just, maybe we can get an officer to tell us what their job is. So now there's town talk because it's a small town. Oh. And here's this, what, double murder and a fire. And I watched the and documentary. two missing girls. Two missing girls. I watched the documentary on Cold Case Files. And there was this journalist in Oklahoma. And she talks about how the police could be related to this. Always. <laughs> Damn it. Damn police are always crooked. (sighs) To this. And so. The FBI is crooked too. Remember sorry about your co-workers. They're crooked. I know. They're protecting Hunter Biden. (laughs) So remember I told you Ashley Freeman's brother's dead. Um, She was mourning her brother. That was her first Christmas without a brother. His name was Shane. So the January before the fire happened is when Shane died. So January of 1999, right? So Shane was labeled a troublemaker by the police. Um, He had some burglary charges. He would run away from home a lot and so according to police, he was just like, you know, a little asshole troublemaker and one about the police a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, but according to the people in the community and his teachers at school, he was running because his dad was very abusive and that they had to call CPS many a times because there were wounds. He would come to school bleeding a lot Ooh. because dad would lose his temper. Something about the metal plate in his head affected his temper and after his accident. And so he would break into people's homes to shower and eat. Like he was. Yeah. Because he was like living. He was staying away, like running away from home or he got taken away from home. But he had to like live. So he was living on the streets. Sometimes he would stay with the Bibles, Laura's family. But he was not saying it's okay to burglarize people's house. Yeah, he was just... But it was more of a reason than him being just a little asshole kid, yeah. right? But there's also um, reports of him being the red light bandit. So according to police, Shane stole a cop um, oh, red, the, the red light thing yeah, that spins that around. you can put on top of on your, your car, car and you fake. That's why you, anybody ever pulls you over and looks a little suspicious. You do not have to stop. On a rural road, you're supposed to put on your break, your flashers, flashers? and call 911 and confirm oh. or say, I'm being pulled over on this road. Do y'all have a cop that's coming after me or oh. something? Yes. Now, should you do that um, if you're on like just a... Um, yeah, I can't say that word. If they're rural and like there's nobody else around, but if yeah. there's people around, you just pull into an open. Where right. There's but if there's nobody else see. around, and even if it does look and like a normal question, co- cop yeah. car, probably don't trust it. You can question it. Yeah. I'm not trying to get pulled over in the middle of pitch black. Yep. Country night. road. Yeah. Country road. And so that's what this guy was supposedly doing. He had a red light. He had his truck, and he was supposedly pulling over women on at night like on the rural roads so he was caught in action at one time and he took off running from the police right Mm -hmm. so then after and they concluded that it was shane so after this he was wanted so in january of 1999 they found him and instead of pull 
taken off this time, the officer, David Hayes, said that Danny pulled a gun on him. And so he shot, shot and him. killed Danny um, because that's what you do if somebody pulls a gun on you, right? Yep. Well, the f- sounds like a good kill. Good shooting, if that's the story, right? Yeah. Well, the Freeman family didn't believe it. And then when the autopsy came in, he was shot in the back, like in the back and not in the front. If the cop said that he was pointing towards, looking at the cop, pointing a gun, why did the bullet insert through the back? And so they think that Danny was, no, sorry, Shane was trying to run from the police and the police shot him anyways because he was a troublemaker. So, because of this, and the judge declared it a good shooting, the Freemans were pissed off and they were about to bring up a wrongful death lawsuit against the sheriff department in Welch County. Okay. So, for that whole year, there's been bad blood with the sheriff department and with the Freemans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Danny Freeman would take it a little too far. He would um, follow that cop that shot him and, like, just sit out in front of front of his house. Kind of stalked him. Yeah, kind of yeah. stalked him. Yeah. But they also did it to him. So people oh. would say that <laughs> they would pass by the Freeman's house and there'd be always would be a cop car. Like, each shift, they would just keep a cop car out there, just kind of, like, putting the pressure on him too. So it was like they were playing games. It was yeah. stupid. Like <clears throat> they're obviously bored. So either Danny was either um, paranoid or he was really scared because he told his brother um, and told some other people in the community that um, the if anything ever happens to him, it's probably the sheriff's department. Oh, gosh. I know. And then it gets a little bit crazier where the nurse that worked on their son, Shane. Yeah. Okay, so Shane got shot, had to go get worked on. He ended up dying, believed that he was attacked by the police and, like, that he didn't attack the police. And she goes... A little bit after the murder, she goes on the show and she's telling the story about how she thinks the Freemans have a rightful lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up dead the next day. What? <laughs> and then the and person. Who is this? Who this is, is the nurse. The nurse that worked on the on Shane Freeman. How did she die? She was shot and killed <gasps> by uh, a patient who had a psychotic break. And was mad at the hospitals. But the cops shot and killed him. So he had no... He can't even speak to himself of whether he did it or not. So Why did he even have a gun in the psychotic hospital? No, he wasn't in the hospital. He was loose. He just had a psychotic break. Oh, my And so she was leaving her job, going to her car, and this patient shot and killed him. A lot of shooting. A lot of shooting. And then it makes you think... um, Okay, this some this seems a little corrupt. Seems a little sketchy. Yep, a little suspicious. Um, and so half of the people in the community think the police killed him, 
or that the police botched the investigation because they didn't care who killed him because they basically did him yeah. a favor. Because the truth is, is that you have one year to bring about this lawsuit. Well, they killed the Freeman family one month before that year was up. Oh, so oh. she they had till December, uh, sorry, January of 2000 to sue the sheriff department. They killed him December of 1999. So it was like uh -huh. perfect timing. So can you imagine like town folk? They're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. OK, so this is crazy. I know. I thought it was easy, and then it just kept, like, going, going, like and going. Like, there was another piece after another piece after another yes. piece. So, David Hayes is the one who killed Shane Freeman, Sheriff Deputy David Hayes. Okay. Um, and to make the department look better, he agreed to take a polygraph test oh, about the shooting, and yeah. he passed it. But right after that, he left the town probably he the left States. the town yep i'm gone he gone he gone he gone why did he leave i don't know can we find him he passed it <laughs> he passed it um so then the police were like we need to come up with an alternative um story so that they'll take the heat off of us what? Why so did they need to come up with that? Oh their story that I'm pretty sure they went on the news with was that, you tell me if you think this is likely, Ashley Freeman actually killed her parents. And her and Laura ran away together with some money that she was saving in the freezer that she would keep in this little, like, Ziploc bag, which... Family and her boyfriend did say that she was saving up for a car. So she had like $4,000 in the freezer because they didn't have bank accounts there. Listen, I got money in <laughs> Ziploc bags too, bitch. And so... I think I pay my taxes. <laughs> but this does not make sense because how come Laura didn't take her purse with her $200 in uh, That's exactly what I was about to say. And then what about the car? Where'd they go if they left the car and the key car keys in the driveway? Okay. Yeah. So nothing. Just don't even make sense. They yeah. were trying. They tried but failed. No, they they were terrible detectives. I bet we could figure it out. <clears throat> so another rumor was Danny Freeman grew high quality marijuana. For sure he did. Is it Oklahoma? Wait, I know it's legal now, now in Oklahoma, but. Well, and it was for medicinal purposes, so he grew it for himself, but it was good shit, obviously. So him and his family smoked it, I'm sure. But then he would supply different people in town. Well, the rumor was is that... And it's illegal. Oh, well, not medicinal. Not to sell it. Me yeah, oh, okay, medicinal. Okay, okay. Um, and so the rumor was that he had got in with a local drug, like Lord or... Oh, cartel, yeah. Cartels, but you know. it's like cartel. But he's living in a trailer house. Listen, you he's gotta to be hide and just, you gotta be discreet. You know, I'm sure he went on these lavish, lavish Fiji vacations to Fiji on with 14 couples on islands. Yeah. yeah. So um, that is true. He did grow weed. He did smoke it, and people in the community said that he was trying to be on the come up so that he could get a lawyer to. Hire to 
for this lawsuit or whatever. Yeah. So that's another rumor. So all of them could, except for the Ashley killing her parents, pretty probable, right? So he could have been in debt with local drug people, and they came in and they killed And they tra- them, took the kids. Execution style and burned up the yeah, trailer. and the girls are trafficked. And Everybody's trafficked, according yeah, to me. So. obviously. Okay. Speaking of, I have Joseph Siramucci. He's like the sex trafficking. Every time there's something about sex trafficking on the news here in Central Texas, it's him. He's He's like human trafficking, sex trafficking guy that works for the police department. Investigator. He's coming to my book club. (gasps) Why is he not coming to the podcast? Well, we got to do a story. Then he can come. Oh, I will do a story next week about (laughs) sex trafficking. He, that can be the next thing. He could come on the podcast. I literally need to talk about trafficking. Let's do it. Okay. Well, and Should then I he's going to educate. Just so I can tell you, you the experience. Yeah. How, what about the people in Dallas that were trafficked at the mm, basketball? Was it a basketball game? There was some kind <clears throat> oh, yeah. Of, yeah, that was too back. long ago. Yeah. Um. What about the girl I just saved? Me and my friends just saved from Yeah, you just saved the trafficker. And you and could have been trafficked text. on the cruise. I just got a text about it from a trafficker, from somebody who's been trafficked with a dirty pig. And she was like, it was like, oh, I was, I like blocked it because I was scared. But I got they a were, random pick from a random number and I sent it to you. You and did? She, yes. And she had her hair pulled back and she was showing like half her boobs and she was like it's a stressful day can you make me feel better and i just pressed block because she looks like hungry and young and frail okay when did you send me this put it it's on our um 1614 chat oh 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 i haven't seen it it was like today at 345 this week has been so eventful Thank you. Have some time, some SUM time to help me relax a bit. And look at that picture. Oh, I was like, is somebody pranking me? But I didn't give a shit. I blocked it. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, y'all. You think that's how they randomly catch people? What is this Or that's Joseph Saramucci, like, trying to. 254-252-4580. The person you are calling is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, I got your picture, and um, I really liked it. And um, You're going to go to jail. We're actually calling the police. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dead. I, I am deceased. I am deceased. <laughs> My, my, my. We need to take a break after that. And now a word from our sponsors. Frozen. Frozen. Heroes. Gonna tell you about frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about 
Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about... Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine, wine and vinyl. vinyl. <laughs> so check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. What are we gonna do? Uh, yep, we're doing the uh, King of the Hill rewatch podcast. King of the Hill yes, rewatch podcast. Yeah, so we're gonna go through one episode at a time. Uh, come along for the ride with us. Come check it out. And, and give me give me a good um, 
like Dale Gribble quote to go out on. Wingo. Yeah, Wingo. <laughs> Wingo. Wingo. All right. Well, join us. Uh, join us for uh, the uh, King of the Hill rewatch podcast. in the heart of Texas. That drinks his brew and he spits his chew. in the heart of Texas. The TV players, but no one cares. in the heart of Texas. Here we go. 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Okay, well, um, hope y'all enjoyed that. I'll let you know if I get a return phone call. From Justice Saramucci. Pretty sure it's a burner phone. detective. Anyways, okay. I don't even know where I stopped, but basically it's been a year and they have nothing but like hunches, down rumors, guesses, nothing. There were flyers put everywhere, like all over town. And this mom, Miss Bible, I think her name was Laureen Bible. She would put up maps, pictures, like the flyers, there's flyers, but she'd also have like a map of like a wooded area around the house. And she would have like markers and she wanted people that maybe wanted to be anonymous to just draw an X of maybe where she could find the bodies or find her. Like she was, I've never seen it. It just seemed like she's just trying anything like desperation. Yeah. But she was also DTF down to fine because. Down to find on her period. Down to find on her period. (laughs) She kept hearing the drug cartel rumor. Right. Yeah. So she was like, mm, "I'm gonna meet with a cartel member." Oh yeah. And just ask them face to face. How do you call one eight hundred cartel? Like, how do you? She knew a local drug dealer. Like, it's a small town, so you, I'm sure you know where the drug houses are. Or but they are the cartel. Like, what? Who had connections? And so, after multiple tries, she connected with one. One agreed to meet, like late at night, in a car in this weird area. And so, with like a bandana over his whole face, I'm like sure it's very discreet. And Gosh. and she's like a death wish. Like, well, she was like, she got nothing to lose. She's n- trying to find a kid. Yeah. yeah, she's like, there's nothing scarier than not knowing where your kid is. So, like that shit was nothing to her. Yeah. So they meet and they're sitting in the car and he was like, "How do you know I don't have a gun?" And she was like, "How do you know I don't got a gun?" Ooh, girl. And he was like, "Touche." So what do you want? And she was telling the story, and she says, I just want to know if my daughter was killed 
because of Danny Freeman owing y'all money. And he said, I don't or we don't kill kids or women and left it at that. And she said she felt it was genuine. And so she felt like she could cross that part of the stories Just off her they list. they didn't kill them, that mean they didn't take them. Take them. them. Yeah. True, true, true. So case was cold. And at the year anniversary, they did a memorial service for them. Just like, not like they're dead, but like, yeah, like it's one year. So remember, and the Christmas <clears throat> tree was still up that Laura had put up the Christmas before because they kept saying, we're not going to take it down until Laura gets home because she loves to take it down. She likes to put it in her box a certain way. We're not going to take it down. So it was still up. They were desperate, so they went to Unsolved Mysteries, which it helps so many people, right? Yeah. So 18 months after the, the fire, a tip was called in, and the tip said that they saw girls on New Year's Eve, the girls, on New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve after the fire at a local meth house. And at this house... They were raped and murdered. So 18 months after the murder, they said that that New Year's, that the murders happened, that they saw them there. So the police were on it. The family was like, we need to go. We haven't gotten anything in 18 months. We need to go to this place. So they took cadaver dogs, and they did a police search, and they found something that looked like dry blood. So they're like, great, let's get it, let's send it off, put a rush on it. You know what rush means? Fast. Yes. Do you think they got it back fast? I would think no. Over a year later. (laughs) Wow. I mean. They must have been (laughs) real. Real busy in Welch, Oklahoma. Big priority for them right there. (laughs) I mean. And when the sample finally came back a year or so later, it did not belong to any of the girls. Oh, and then they have a, a whole year gone. Wasted. Listen, I don't care what people say. It's all about who you know and how much yeah. money you got. Money. Yep. Yep. Because we can't money say race power. on this one. Money they and power. Poor. They're poor. If you like don't trash. have any of that, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People say money isn't everything, which it's not, but it's very helpful. It is. Power, power, power. I would much rather have money and power than not not clearly then be weak and poor absolutely why are you describing me (laughs) so then the next okay so then a little bit after that a guy on death row here in texas named tommy lynn sales have you heard of him no me either but he's on death row in texas he called up his friends police because you know you don't talk to anybody on death row and he was like i killed those girls oh okay and that he committed the crime and what actually he was arrested like the day after for stabbing a 13 year old girl so december 30th he was oh. arrested near that town for stabbing a 13-year-old girl, right? So he was like, oh, I'll even take you to the body. I'll take you to the body. So he took them on this wild goose chase. Oh, my gosh. 
and they figured out really quick that he was lying because it ended up with nothing. So he just wanted a field trip. (laughs) And when they asked him later on, he was like, oh, I wanted all the phone calls and I wanted the special treatment because you do get special treatment when you have something that they want. Yeah. And he got to go outside. Yeah. On a couple of trips. See the pretty town of Oki. Wow. So that went nowhere. Uh And now it's five years. Can you imagine? So then something else happens in 2004. There was another man on death row in Mobile, Alabama, and his name was Jeremy Jones. Mm -hmm. Heard of him? Nope. Me either. He had actually lived in Oklahoma before he got on death row, and he lived in Oklahoma at the time that these girls went missing. Oh, and he killed them too? He was on death row for the rape and murder of Lisa Nichols. And he raped Lisa, murdered her, then doused her and her house on fire. So police are like, bingo, like MO's the same. And then they saw his arrest records. He was arrested 10 miles away for public intoxication the same day of night of the murders wow so they were like okay mo yeah location they're they're doing something the story lines up (laughs) by the way this is the osbi oklahoma state bureau Bureau investigation investigation not intoxication um so they're like okay and so he's in death row, and he's confessing to, like, 13 other murders across five states, and he's including Lauren Ashley on this. So the OSBI is like, let me go down there and talk to him. And he gave details that were accurate. He said they had this long dirt driveway that their name was on the mailbox. <laughs> to me, things that could be guessed. Well. They said that they um, he killed... The dad first, and then the mom, and lit the house on fire because he had no idea the girls were in there. And then when he was driving off, the girls kept came running to him for help, thinking he could help. And he said he felt so bad because he didn't go there to kill the girls, but he there were witnesses. So he had to get rid of the witnesses. He had to put them in the truck. And he tied him down, and he raped one and killed both of them, right? And he says, and I'll even tell you where I dumped the bodies. So, like, the investigators' mouths are probably watering. They're like, oh, finally, finally, we're get here. These parents are going to maybe get some answers. So he says they're in Kansas at the mine shafts, mine caves that are there. And there's this place in Kansas that's, so they get there, and he's like, here's your explicit directions. Go here. It's in this mine. But there's hundreds, and they all lead to, like, one mine shaft. And people over the years have thrown, like, their dumpsters, like, trash so it smells bad so the cadaver dogs can't even, like, pick up a scent. There's dead animals down there. They even, like, drop cameras, and they just try to look, and they look and look look, and they can't find anything. And then he recants his story. He's like, oh, just joking. I wanted, you know, I wanted some attention, But he had so many details. He did. Why do they know everything? So the parents 
actually thought maybe he didn't do it, but maybe he knew, because he knew so many details, maybe he knew somebody who did. I think if you are on death row and you tell a story like that, you need to just be killed that day. <laughs> but what if it can lead to somebody finding the body? Sorry, you lied. <laughs> oh, that you, if you lied. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like, oh, no, and then you... I mean, they stay on death row for like 20 Forever. years. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like a like a lush death row, from what I hear. When is that? Like, they like have the like... No, it's like... It's like... You know, they don't have to worry about being raped. They don't have to worry about being uh, stabbed. They have it nice. They have their own room. They get a lot of time in the yard. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why people are like, with the the Nicholas, whoever, the Parkland shooter who's on trial right now, uh -huh. they're determining if he gets death row or if he gets life. And it's like, do you want this person who brutally murdered 17 kids and teachers? Uh-huh. To go to death row, or do you want him to be life in prison? Like, I want him to be life in prison where he's, like, beaten up and, like, mm -hmm, abused and, like, gets really tortured. He'll probably be in confinement anyways when he's there so that they don't do that because they still got rights and they'll protect him. <sighs> it's still an easy life. No, hell no. There's no air in prisons. Right now, there's no, no air, air, air in prison. So there's they're, no like, air? dying. No air conditioning. Oh, good. They don't need air conditioning. We don't need to pay for their air conditioning. They took out. They took away air from people. They so did. we can take away their air. Okay. Good way to think about it. <laughs> they just need to put them in caves. Sure. Take them to these mine shafts. Yeah. So what's this guy's... What did I say this guy's name was? I forgot. Jeremy Jones recanted. He reneged. They're back to square one. Case goes cold again. In 2010, Ashley Freeman's family, like, there's only, like, an aunt and stuff left because her family's dead. Everybody in her immediate family's dead. Oh they had her declared dead. I don't, maybe for closure, maybe for insurance purposes. I have no idea. They had her declared dead. But Laura's mom refused. She was like, I will never stop searching. I'll never stop looking. Until she's found dead or alive, neither one of us will have peace. Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's 2011. Okay. And tips had been coming in. What we know now is tips have been coming in this whole time. But they've just kind of been thrown in a box and, like, thrown away. Like, not totally followed unless oh the Miss Bible came in and, like, beat on their door and, like, made them do something. There's a new sheriff administration, so that old administration is gone, mm -hmm. and now there's a new sheriff deputy in town. And they came in, and the case was reviewed again, and OSBI comes back in, and more, they're interviewing people, right? And as they're interviewing people, now they find out that people in the town have seen pics of these girls, pictures of these girls bound and gagged, and that these couple men across around town have bragged that <gasps> they are the ones who abducted the girls. What? So a name came up over and over, and it's not a name that we've heard. This name was Ronnie Busick. And he was a known meth head. He was a known oh. very evil, very evil, ugly guy. 
And when they re-interviewed people, they also found out that there was a private investigator that was working on the case. So remember Tom in the beginning that found the insurance card? So Tom, they went to visit Tom, this new investigators. They went to visit Tom and they were like, Tom, do you have your paperwork? Where's your folder? Did you find anything? We're reopening the case for the 14th time. And Tom was like... I threw away all my stuff. Oh, okay, Tom. I kept one thing, and I think this is the thing that you need. She kept he kept that insurance card with that girl's <gasps> name on there. He told him I tried to turn it into Detective Steve Need, and he laughed at me basically in his face. So they go and interview the girl on the insurance card. And remember, her boyfriend's name was Phil Welch. Well, Phil Welch is best friends with Ronnie Busick and another guy named David Pennington. They were like the meth head trios. <gasps> they would cook meth. They'd smoke meth. They would sell drugs. They'd buy drugs. Very they were bad. just were like worse, worse. Um, you mean this guy? Isn't he horribly ugly? I, I had to know. <laughs> I had to know. Ronnie Busick. I'm going to save it for the post. Girlfriend also said that um, right after those murders and right after some guy came to visit her about that insurance card, Phil, her boyfriend, decorated the walls of their trailer with miss posters of the missing girls. Oh, okay. but she never said anything. Like she didn't say this is weird. She didn't say there happened to be somebody oh, who visited yeah. me and my husband, my boyfriend Mm-mm. celebrating this. Oh, she no. also said she that she obviously knew she's just wanted her drugs. Yes. Clearly. Well, and obvious and obviously he was very mean to her too because he went to jail for beating her. <clears throat> And when he was in jail, she discovered the actual pictures that everybody said existed. And she found these pictures in a briefcase. And he said that the girls were, the girls had been all over the news. So she recognized them immediately, bound and gagged. And in the pictures, she recognized the bed and the bedding because it was the one in their trailer that they slept on together. Oh, my gosh. Like the low of the low. Oh, no. Okay, tell me what happened. (laughs) I'm almost there. So this happened happened a few months after the murder, right? And so basically she was corroborating that Phil was the mastermind of them. And she was so creeped out after these pictures that she grabbed those pictures and took his car and she left him. When he got out of jail, he called her and threatened to kill her. And so she never said anything. Great. Okay. (laughs) I don't have no words. I know. It's like, girlfriends, come on now. How do you? Okay. Where's he going after he gets out of jail? To her house? Back. Well, it's his trailer. She was living with him. So he went back to his trailer. She left. He wanted the pictures back and was like, if you tell anybody, you will end up in a pit just like those girls. Okay, we'll kill him. Just go kill him. Who cares? (laughs) So um, when they go look for Phil, Phil's dead. 
Phil Welch is dead. So the guy in the trailer that had the pictures and the wanted posters, he's dead. David Pennington is also dead. And the only one that is alive is Ronnie Busick. And he's in jail at this time. So they go and they go question him. And they ask him, you can watch the Cold Cases Files. I think it's like season two. It's called Cold Ashes. They said, do you know a guy named Phil Welch? And Ronnie's like, um, you know, names kind of sounds familiar. And so they just kind of keep talking. And eventually it comes out that they party together. They smoke meth together. They're great friends. But after multiple visits and multiple visits, he still didn't say anything about the murder. It's by now 2018. So just the other day. Yes. And he's about to get released from jail. So this new sheriff administration and OSBI, they're like, we can't let him go. So they type up this 26-page arrest affidavit. And they are just like, he's about to get out. So he's desperate and he's excited, right? But they're going to say, sorry, we're charging you with conspiracy, this, this, racketeering. (laughs) No, that would be Erica Jane. Oh, here it is. Supposed to be released. They charged him with two counts of kidnapping and four counts of murder. Okay. And then he... Did some OJ shit. Oh, hell. He done fled in the Bronco? Done some hypothetical. Oh, if, if, if I was, OJ Charlie was Bundy. with me. So Charlie must have been with mm. Ronnie to this day. Oh, well, Charlie's everywhere. And he was like, well, you know, if I was there, if I, if I'd have been there, I'd have just stayed in the car. And if we were there, it's because we were collecting a drug debt because he owed drug money. Always about the damn drugs. Yeah. And, and if I would have shot the mom, then I would have shot the dad first, and then I would have yeah, lit the house on yeah. And, you know, if we did take the girls, we took them because they actually escaped in the back of the house, and we discovered them. They, we hypothetically discovered them. And what is so crazy is they, they weren't even part of the plan. They could have left the girls there. But they took the girls, and they kept them alive for two weeks in that trailer, Phil Welch's trailer, where they raped, tortured, drugged. Then they killed them and disposed of them, was his quote. Two weeks they went through shit. So the police are like, we need their bodies. Then he stopped talking. So they got it okayed with the Bible family and the what's left of the Freeman family, and they were like, "We want to know. Don't do y'all want to? Do y'all want him to be to pay for his crimes, or do y'all want to know where the bodies were? Are they want to know where the bodies are? So they gave him immunity to help find the bodies. Yeah, yeah right. It's yeah. like hard decision. Yeah, but I, I would want. I would want the bodies. Yeah, so. I would they all agreed that he would get immunity then if he helped kill them the guy, locate. Or to kill the guy, yeah, so it's fine. Well, so those initial charges, the kidnapping and the murders, were dropped, and so he was like, "They're in a root cellar, so let's go to this root cellar." Well, they checked this root cellar, nothing. Oh, oh, wait, I think they're in this pit. 
Check this pit. I cannot. Nothing. Ronnie Balsack. Ronnie Balsack. So it's now 10 years after the death, because now it's 2019, and still no bodies. And that Christmas tree that Laura put up just now broke. Like, she said that, like, it got so heavy with the ornaments. It's so sad, but kind of funny because it's, it's like, it got heavy and it broke. And she was like, I'll never put up a Christmas tree again. Never put up a Christmas tree. Oh, I would hate Christmas for the rest of my life. So on August 31st, 2020, he was charged with accessory to murder. So he gets 10 years in prison, five years probation. But we still don't know where the bodies are. So he doesn't get immunity. And there's always a loophole. Whatever. He he won't ever get tried for the murder well, or for the kidnapping. Well, where are the bodies? We don't know. Ugh. We don't know. It's why it's called the disappearance. So that trailer where they held, where they took the bodies and like raped and killed them, that is now a memorial site for Ashley and Laura. So people go and like pay their respects there. Phil's old house. And this cold case files episode just ran April of 2022. Ugh. So, like, it's just now being wrapped up, but not really, because there's no so answers. So, we still don't even know, like, no. what happened? How did the house catch on fire? He killed dad. Well, he, he they said that they poured accelerant and set the house on fire, killed the dad. They Dad owed them money. They took the $4,000 out the freezer. They killed the mom. The girls had escaped, but they just hid behind the house instead of, like, running to the woods. And they found the girls, and they had... That was just like a bonus part of their plan. They had their way with the girls. So it made me wonder. But it was three of them. Yeah, all, all three, three of them. With them. Yeah, but Ronnie stayed in the car. It was all them. Oh, he just watched. That's what Ronnie says. He we just ain't watched. Ronnie. <laughs> I mean, can you get it straight? That's why he got immunity. He just watched. My goodness. <sighs> and then obviously they killed the dog. They killed the dog. Everybody was execution style. Which is the worst part of it. Here's what what's gets in my craw. Is that how you say it? Yes. They if that asshole cop Stephen um, Need would have investigated that insurance card. That insurance card. That's exactly where they were. So when he learned the name Phil Welch. All he had to do is put his ego aside and say, let me follow up that because it's not about you being a private investigator and me being an investigator and you beating me out on something that I didn't know. It's not because my penis is real small. It's not yeah. about that. Uh-uh. It's because this these girls could be alive. And they were because they were kept alive for two, two weeks. weeks. So by day three, they could have saved them. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. I know. I think we need to become police officers. <sighs> There's this whole, I don't know what I was listening to, but they were just basically saying that we don't have, like, mastermind criminals that, like, are outsmart the police all the time, and that's how they get away with murder. Like, OJ wasn't out, didn't outsmart you know, he wasn't that smart where he got away with it. It was the police who fucked up the crime scene investigation and bre- brought on reasonable doubt, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, they were all meth heads. Yeah. Trashy, 
trailer meth heads. They weren't too smart. It's the police. They got their ego in the way, and they screwed up the investigation. And that's what it usually yeah. is. Yeah. And it's sad because you got amazing police officers out there that will go above and beyond, but then you got ones that just because it came from a private investigator, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to follow up. And they or ruined just the whole because reputation. It was the, or just because it was the Freeman family. I don't know what it was. Oh my god! I know. Uh, I hate it, but that was a really good story. So to end, there is a fifty thousand dollar reward out for any information leading to the recovery of Ashley and Laura Bible or their okay. remains. Well, now I have something to do. I need fifty thousand. You can call. Actually, the- you know what? I was thinking about just becoming a surrogate. <laughs> <laughs> it's going it's to have fetal alcohol syndrome <laughs> and they're going to want their money back. <laughs> you know, I was like, them damn Kardashians, they be using surrogates or everything. And so then since they're using surrogates, everybody's going to start wanting to use surrogates. Amber Heard used a surrogate. Except for you told them your teeth just fell out. And they don't have to know about like, my teeth. We need somebody with better to dwell. Listen, if I can just get some money, be a surrogate real quick, it's only going to take nine months. I mean, come on. I'll get. For you or for. You no, be I a, would be this. I would be. You want to hold the baby. Yeah, I would hold the baby. Uh-uh. That way you get paid like a hundred thousand dollars. I could pay off all my all my things, and I could just get lots of get Botox. Some new teeth. I could get some new teeth. You the ones that don't s- fall out. <laughs> I don't have to drive a venue. <laughs> there we go. Do the application. I have. I know somebody who who did Figured actually. Figured out my plan. Mm. No, I know somebody who donated their eggs and got a bunch of money. They weren't a sur- I do know a couple surrogates. You can get money for donating your eggs. Yeah, but not if you're over thirty three. Sorry. You should have told me that a long time a ago. Year ago. <laughs> Listen, y'all call this number if you have any tips. 1 800 522 8017 or send an email to tips at osbi.ok.gov or contact the Oklahoma State Bureau. Bureau. How do I work for them and I can't even say it? Of investigation. I'm so glad we've taught y'all so many things. I feel like we've educated y'all today. <laughs> I feel like we've gave, given y'all some life advice. I'm not sure if it's advice, but it's just life happenings. This is supposed to be a quick one. It never is. But we will see y'all next week for another random story. I love the randoms. I know. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'll be working on it this weekend. All right. Y'all go rate, review, and subscribe Please right now. Please tell us what you think because we think we're great. Go follow us on all the platforms. We have Twitter is Bloody Happy Hour Podcasts. Everything. Instagram, Bloody Happy Hour Podcast. Facebook, Bloody Happy Hour Podcast. Yep. Right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. We and know. our Gmail is bloodyhappyhour at gmail.com. Send us some good stuff. Yeah. Don't forget to stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, Bye y'all. It's not bloody and don't, not about your Unless- period. <laughs> 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 Even if it is bloody. Yeah. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.